Radio. Well, hello everyone. This is Roland McGrady from Cradio, and I'm sitting in front of three very good-looking young recipients from the the Cotinian Bursary Fund. And before we get started, I'm going to get Graham to tell us a little bit about that. Thank you, Roland. Uh, the Cotinians have, from the beginning in 1908, advanced interest in development of young Catholic youth throughout the world. In the late 1980s, this coalesced into the creation of our own charity, the Bursary Fund, which aims to help young Catholics to do something wonderful for someone else. The Canadian Bursary Fund is an international charity that supports young Catholics throughout the world, irrespective of any connection they may or may not have had with the Catanians. Ah, so where do you hear of the Bursary Fund, Graham? Well, you can get, go to the website okay. and... Uh, and they'll tell you how to get a bursary that and, way. And what's the website? Cursory? Uh, Continuing. Sorry, Continuing Bursary dot com. And any particular age group? Uh, 18 to 25. To 25, not 35. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Now that we know where all this is coming from, let's start. I suppose the first question I've got, and anyone you can jump in yourselves and decide who's going to answer this one first, is how does one even become aware of it? I mean, how does one even know there's a, a website which says, yeah, yeah which says the Cotinian uh, Bursary Fund? I think I'll take this one. Um, my <laughs> grandfather was a Cotinian member. Is uh-huh. a Cotinian member, just he's a bit old to attend the meetings now. So. Right. <laughs> and then also his best mate was also a Cotinian's member, and... They heard that I was going overseas and they knew that the trip was a bit expensive where I was going to uh, for my service here. So he found out about it and said, look, there's this organisation that I'm with, the Cotinians, and they've got a bursary fund. And I said, oh, you beauty, that sounds perfect. And then it, when I was talking to, I think it was the Parramatta Circle, they then also encouraged me to reach out to my friends or any of the other people going on any of their services or right, immersions. Right. So Xavier was your your grandpa Gould or a different surname? Uh, Matthews, Keith Matthews. Keith Matthews, okay. So it was Xavier Gould talking. And who should we turn to now about Jamie? Jamie yes. Graham, yourself. Yes. Um, well, I think after Xavier got his bursary, um, word of mouth just followed then, um, and then a lot of people knew uh, around the community. So we went to the same school. Um, so from that, we just ended up hearing about the the bursary fund and um, taking taking the option to do that because, as Xavier said, it's very expensive to do uh, service here. So um, yeah, no, very grateful to have the opportunity to actually um, get a bit of money and go towards towards that that cost. So you use the words uh, service over here. What just just expand on that. So the service year that we, us three have done, um, we've gone to Thailand. Um, I'm actually in the middle of, my, of mine. I've come home because I've been sick. But um, we go to Thailand, uh, northern Thailand, so northwest of Chiang Mai, and we teach English to um, these poor schools um, in, in the uh, Karen Hill Tribes uh, region. So, um, yeah, it's it's very it's very interesting experience um, moving from, you know, um, this this you know beautiful life we have here in Australia to this quite impoverished place. Um and witnessing what life is like there. But it's um, extremely rewarding, yeah. So, Tom, Tom Jenkins, have you been overseas yet? Or are you about to go? Or have so, you returned? So, I came back about three years ago now. So, right. I've been back in Sydney for a little while. Uh-huh. I actually went back about two weeks ago now. I've just returned uh, for one of my friend's weddings. So, yeah, I, it's good to keep up the contact with everyone there. And I guess facebook and all that kind of stuff makes it a lot easier to maintain that relationship and so you were there for a while is what you were suggesting 
Yeah, so, well, when I went three years ago, we were there for a full year. I went the same year as Xavier. And then more recently, I was just there for a two-week period. Right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, do the people speak English that where you're at? Or did you have to learn what would language you were so in the car and had I, I'd say there like there's a small percentage of people that can speak English. Yes. Um, they're all taught English from when they're in primary school, kindy, all that kind of stuff. Um, and only some of them really kind of grasp the fundamentals of the language. But um, we, while we're over there, try our best to learn Thai. Oh, so, really? Yeah, oh. We get, we're able to communicate pretty easily with a lot of the people. So how long did it take you guys to learn to speak Thai? A long time. <laughs> some are quicker than others. Some people have a natural kind yeah, of tendency uh-huh. to learn languages. So you were one of the quick ones? No, I wouldn't say I was one of the quick ones, but I can have a good conversation with people and um, it's quite quite easy for me yeah. now, I think, okay. yeah. Um, but maybe, I, I guess, Jamie being there more recently, how are you finding the languages coming along? Oh, very slowly for me, yeah. Oh, but we've had some some other boys who are over there at the moment who have been learning so quickly. They can almost read as well, and it's only been two and a bit months. So people learn very fast. It's very impressive, actually. But, um, yeah, I never get around to studying when I should should be studying the language, which is a bit Just of a shame. Just want to go out and enjoy it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, <laughs> it's true. I suppose the question I've got for all of you is the food. Mm. Uh, did, did you guys actually... Have any problem with the food? You like the food? Thai food is normal. I don't have any problem with the food, but Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the food. The food's great. Um, before, I, before I say anything else, but um, sadly, uh, I've I've been sick because I've eaten a bit of dodgy food, um, so I had to come home because of that. But um, oh, the food's beautiful. It's there's a lot of Thai food, obviously, because you're in Thailand. But there's also um, Karen Karen food, um, well, Karen uh, dishes. So Karen is the culture of. Um, that you these guys northern, are working Yeah, these okay. northern hill tribes. Um, and their food's quite different. Um, so I've eaten like snails and stuff like that, which haven't, haven't eaten before. Inspired by the French, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. But um, I think cuisine. some people some people pick up on the food a bit quicker than, the, than yeah. others. I think the chili is the biggest change mm-hmm. in yeah, diet yeah. for most people. And you'll notice the difference between if people like the food or not because some people come back a bit heavier, yes. including myself, <laughs> others. Lost a bit of weight over there because they didn't like spicy food too much, so they didn't eat too much. So the question that I've got for you now is when you go there, do you stay with a family or do you stay, you know, how does it work? Um, Well, when I went back recently, I stayed with the family that we were living with originally um, three years ago. Um, They've got a few extra rooms and stuff that uh, provide space for ex-volunteers to go back and visit. So, yeah, I stayed with them. Otherwise, if you're sort of traveling around and you know people from different areas, the Thai hospitality is just out of this world. They're always going to make sure you stay with them. They never want you to go anywhere else. So you always feel like you're at home when you're over there. Oh, that's a great feeling. Yeah. I was a little bit different. I stayed at a boarding school. Right. So we... Oh, it was the main high school and not everyone gets the opportunity to go to high school because there's not many high schools in the mountains. So some of them went down to the boarding school at the foot of the mountains and that's where me and two other guys stayed for the year. That's where my sister is and her friend over there at the moment. And we lived in a dormitory with 30 other kids, boys and girls now, and they're all from the mountains, hill tribe children. So that was incredibly fun staying with them. Like I bet. And really, when we go over, we were only like 18. So you're staying with 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds. So that's just fun. 
feels a bit weird when you do night classes with them and you're teaching them and you're yes. only a year older, but it's great to just stay with people your And you age. play different games to what you play around here because young people like that, you must have your own games. How does it work? They love football. Love football. So much for football. sure, yeah. <laughs> Volleyball as well is quite yeah. a popular one. Yes, um, yes. But I guess like the sporting tastes we've got over here aren't – too dissimilar from what they've got over there. I guess football is definitely the main. So really the question, there's another question that comes to mind. You're going to be there for a year. So the bursary, how does the bursary help the fund? Um, well, the year is quite expensive. We pay for our own travel and accommodation over there. Accommodation's helped by them and then we just pay for food, any costs that we'll take for looking after us. Yeah. And particularly recently that costs have been going up due to just... I don't know, the dollar, certain other situations. So it's reached quite an expensive point because it's been less and less subsidised by the church due to funding issues. So that's become a problem and it's nearly a bit out of reach. So the bursary funds really made that more accessible to more people. So, Graham, do you want to comment on that? That's a good chance for you to say something. Yes, well, the well. bursary fund is very keen to assist students to, um, recipients, I'm sorry, to um, help those in need yeah. and to do work for others. So if it's a good cause, they're likely to get some sort of funding depending on the length of the project and um, where they're going. So so who decides on the cause? Is it a, Do you have like a criteria you publish or how does it work? Uh, there is an application form. I'm not mm-hmm. sure the criteria, but I'm sure these boys would. And uh, the, it's decided by the trustees of the fund who are totally independent of the Catania Association. Uh-huh. It's an independent fund. And the funding comes mainly from volunteers, Catenians volunteer funding to the bursary so fund. So this is very much a, like a, you could put it in the good works category of Catenians. They, they, certainly they raise is. funds and make it available to young people who've got a good cause. That's right, to help others. Yeah, And it could be any young person, Catholic any young, young person. Catholic young person, group. boy or girl. Boy yes. or girl, yes. yes. So long as they're between 18 and? 25, 18 I believe. 25, that's yes. right. And they can find all this on the website. That's correct. Oh, well, that's good. Well, some of you listeners ought to be going straight to the website now <laughs> and decide if you want to come up with a good project because people are looking for yeah. – is that true? <laughs> They're looking for a good project which they can fund. Yeah, <laughs> so there I, I, it is. I do wonder if you found the application process arduous or not. Was it a difficult process? It wasn't a particularly difficult process. I mean for the bursary fund. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I feel like from memory because um, it's about four years that I started doing this, but I think it was – having to write a application and then you also need to get a letter of support from your parish priest. Mm, um, yeah. Is that what you Yeah, similar. Yeah. An, an email. I think I got an email from my parish priest um, just to confirm like what I was doing, where I was going. Um, yeah, no, very easy process. I think the hardest thing was converting the Australian dollars into pounds, which is not hard at all. So you, you'd have had your own personal aims and objectives. Would that be right before you even decided to go? Yeah. So yeah. what 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 was it? What were some of yours? Let's start with you, you Jamie. I'm okay. Um, yeah. Well, I had a lot of aims. Um, I I was actually lucky enough to visit before my year began, yeah. um, and my brother did this the same thing. So I went over and saw what it was like. Um, and I think one thing I got out of of those visits, seeing my brother there, was actually just getting to know the people and really immersing myself in the culture with the people. Um, so my my. My aim was basically to go over there and just make friends. Um, like Tom, uh, he's recently been over there, as he said, to, to, to a wedding. And I thought that was really inspiring for me, maybe in a couple of years' time when I'm back from my, my year away, that I can go back and you know go to p- people's weddings. I think that would be a really beautiful thing um, if, if that's possible, yeah. yeah. Okay. What about yourself? 
Uh, I don't really know, to be honest, because it's so different, any of your expectations to what your outcomes are. Yep. Uh, Very good. Nearly, your expectations nearly like too dramatic, like your aims some of the times, nearly if you want to like try and change the world or something. Whereas you get over there and you just become so part of this whole experience of making friends, of teaching and everything so enjoyable that some people, particularly some of your classes where I remember I had a mechanics class where they were all going to become local mechanics in local areas. So they English wasn't really necessary for them whatsoever. I'm like they yes. didn't really learn too much and yes, that's yes, fine. Yes. It was just all about that experience of getting to know them. Some people benefited enormously from the teaching and yeah. that was good and that was what you initially expect but there's just so much more in part of in becoming part of the community. Right. So Tom, question for you. Did you find working with a group of people who are so different to people back home was it did it help you grow in some way? Did you learn? What did you learn from that? Did they give you something that you didn't expect? Um, well, I guess you sort of learn a lot about how you should live your own life yeah. because you go to this place and these people, they, they clearly have a lot less than us, but they just have such happy lives. Um, and so you kind of see what makes them happy. And one big thing that I took out of it was hospitality. And I feel that that's just a really... Big thing that we're kind of losing, a lot in Sydney um, and I guess the Western world generally, but um, the sense of community, the sense of hospitality that you get over there is just unparalleled and that's something that I really want to continue on in my own life because it's just something that um, allows you to make friends a lot more easily but it's just also quite a fulfilling thing to they, do. They say that in, in, in villages and places in these places like that, people tend to share Yes. Would that be something you noticed or yeah, definitely. take care of each other? Was that yeah, obvious? Yeah, of course. Well, I guess everyone's living in such close proximity to each other and um, some people have different resources that others have and they can sort of trade and whatever. Yeah. But um, you definitely do notice a bit more sharing, um, a bit more harmony, I guess, with how right. people live together. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. I mean, my, my the one side when I did go to Thailand, I remember seeing a lot of uh, folk dance, a lot of uh, fighting with different kinds of sword, cultural events. Did you guys see much of the culture? I didn't see any sword fighting. Last <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I <laughs> wish I did see some sword fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Might have tried to join yeah. in. Maybe you should have gone to the hotels where I was. I would have been <laughs> well away from that area. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a, they've got a unique style, sword fighting style. Which uh, okay, so you didn't see it. That's good. What cultural things did you see? Um, Much of local dance well, like, or well, local dance. Yeah, you do see local dances and stuff, and that's more big events that they have within the various villages and communities that so exist So were these Catholic there. communities or, or non-Catholic So there's a mix of Catholic and Buddhist. Um, there's also some Baptist groups up there. Um, but, yeah, mainly mainly Buddhist okay. in Thailand. All right. Okay. Sounds good. So the question I got, for, I've got a question now. You can't go to a culture like this, which is so different to your own, and not have some challenges, Right. What were some of the challenges you would have experienced? This would be a good one for people to hear about. I think one, language is a big barrier, particularly, and then I think at the start you tend to cling more to the people who can speak good English, but that's not that many. So you're just surrounded by all these people who just you can't communicate that well with, 
And sometimes your natural reaction is just to withdraw yourself yeah. and stay amongst your like friends from Australia, knowing that like I can have a good conversation with you, we can laugh. But trying to like really get the confidence to be like, yes, I'm going to try and speak. Maybe I'll make a fool of myself. But that's the process of making friends and mates. If you can't make a fool of yourself, then that's right. maybe they're not the best people. That's exactly yeah. right. I think another big thing... Um, when I was over there, we are so regimented here by time and you've got to be here <laughs> yeah, at this yeah, time. Yeah. Unlike Xavier this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but like unlike here where we're so dictated by you've got to be there at 10.30 and whatever, they're just so free-flowing. You go over there and they'll just be like, oh, we'll meet at 11. Actually, no, we'll meet at 1. And so you've got these huge, huge differences in sort of expectation um, and you just got to go with the flow and sort of learn to grasp that. Uh, Jamie, we know one of your challenges. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yes. did you have another challenge other than that one? Um, uh, the, definitely a few of the first few weeks. I think just suddenly being thrown into this totally new environment for me was probably the biggest challenge. Um, again, with the language, it's just it's, it's very hard to go into a school um, so starting to teach in a school within a few days of getting into the country and you're trying to teach English and you don't know a single word of Thai. Um, but yeah, apart from that, um, obviously I think probably a big one for me was actually learning to ride a motorbike. Um, there's a lot of trial and error within that. Um, but yeah, no, language was probably, again, the hardest for me, yeah. So if you had to advise, I mean, anyone can jump into this one first. If you had to advise a volunteer, okay, to become to go do something overseas in a village such as this, okay? What would your advice be? Throw yourself into it. Throw yourself into it. Throw yourself into it, yeah, definitely. I mean, learning the language is a huge thing um, because communication just makes your life over there so much easier um, and it enables you to throw yourself even further into it. So was it a fearful thing when you started? I feel like... Well, I also, like Jamie, had the benefit of having a sibling that was over there. Um, And so I went and visited my brother while he was up there and got to have a very small insight into what life was like. So I had a little bit of an idea of what to expect. But I feel like you can't really expect what comes. Um, It is quite an overwhelming experience in many aspects. You've got to be nimble, would you say? Yeah, exactly. Flexible. You've got to sort of, yeah. I think my biggest piece of advice would definitely be just throw yourself in there um, and don't be chained down by expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll add on to that actually. That's very true. But also I would say very cliche, I don't know, but just say yes. Um, some like the most amazing experiences, I haven't been there for well, haven't been there for long, but some of the most amazing experiences have been just from uh, someone from the few villages over coming around and just asking us to do something in Thai. We don't know what it means. We just say yes and we follow them on our motorbikes. And like we will end up go like going to fight a fire or going to help uh, dig up trees or whatever some some crazy thing like that. Um, so yeah, very cliched, but just just say yes um, unless you physically can't, you're sick or whatever. Just say yes and try and immerse yourself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that would probably be that? the best That'd... advice I'd give. Okay. Yeah. Combine what those two say. Say yes and just throw yourself in. Sorry, so so you weren't fearful of the the foreign experience as such. Not particularly, I don't think. Um, I was just excited to get away from Australia for a bit, actually. (laughs) So do you think having gone to Thailand and done this is going to inform life choices for you in some way? I think you're a lot more 
confident in yourself after the experience. Oh, that's good. Because you've done this thing where at the start you were so nervous and now you go, oh, I can do this. And when saying yes or something isn't going to have real bad consequences, mm. just back yourself and I think that's a big lesson learned. Yeah, even just basic sort of life skills. Um, you have to be fairly independent while you're up there. So you learn how to look after yourself fairly well, and I've noticed that. So the Cadinian Bursary Fund helped you in more ways than just uh, going. It, it helped you yeah, grow as a person. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the experience. So you probably couldn't have done this without the fund. How much do you – what are the average – is this a fair question to you, Graham? What are the average fund – uh, donation be well. I think currently like it. it's about seventeen hundred UK pounds right. for those who go for a year overseas, and that's not just to Thailand. They've been to India and the Philippines and other third world countries. Also, oh, go to many, many, yes, many any country. Yes, uh, there's people in need who want need help. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's excellent. Well, I'm going to ask you a question now. This is a little bit of a longish question, but bearing in mind that uh, a key Catinian value is to advance the interests and development of young Catholics. And having met Catinians, as you have, at different of the functions that I met you, I've met you guys at the dinners we've had before, what is the view of this idea that Catinians have of creating a young Catinians group? Do you, do you like that idea? Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea, actually. Um, I was thinking about this, like some, some sort of organization like this would be really helpful, um, not only like in an increasingly secular um, society that we live in, but also... Um, the fact that the world has become so um, individual, individualistic, so everyone's on their phone, it's all about you. Um, and having some sort of group where these young people can meet and actually talk about what's going on in the world and within the church or whatever problems or issues they're facing um, in, in a community environment would be an awesome thing to have and a really healthy way for people to actually discuss what's... what's so discussion, yeah. that might be of interest. Indeed. So great. Yes. So some of the speakers you normally have, the dinners... Catinians have great dinners, don't they? <laughs> great food. <laughs> great food. So um, some of these, that's probably something you better. Can I ask you a question then, Graham? I'll come back to you. Yes, Rowan. Yes. So the question I've got, so I was just looking at your aims before, is to advance the interests and development of young Catholics and to assist them in the choice and pursuit of a career. That's in your aims. I'm looking at the document That's correct. So is that, do you want to comment on yes, that? Yes, we're up yeah. to a point. Uh, Catinians come from a very broad range of careers and professions and businesses and therefore we have a capacity to act as mentors to young Catenian or not young, young people who mm -hmm. might come uh, in our, with our sphere and uh, that's something you can do. So one of the things then based on the young, young the concept of coming to a discussion group would be to help young people make a transition from their post-school, post-secondary, post-university education into the working world. Yes, we can sure advise on a, careers yes. and perhaps even provide internships or mentorship, that sort yeah, of thing. Mentorship, yeah. Yes. Yeah, mentorship's a big word. Do you think mentorship would be a good thing from within continuance, given the fact that they all come from these different great professional backgrounds? Yeah, I think it would be very beneficial because with some of the other groups that you may involve yourselves with, it may be focusing on young people. So getting mentorship from someone who's got a bit more experience could definitely be very beneficial. Excellent. And I also think it's a two-way street. I've got a lot of inspiration from you young people going overseas and volunteering, something I didn't have the opportunity to do when I left school. So that's inspirational. And I think uh, we can give something back to you guys um, as you come into your careers or your, whatever life choices you make. Mm. And, um, you know, I know there's different demographics these days and different lifestyles, uh, but there's that common bond of our faith and uh, 
we're seeking of friendships and fellowship, yeah. which is a Katenian, uh, core of Katenianism. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So since you've come back, have you exercised leadership in different, or are you thinking of doing this, exercising leadership in different Catholic groups for young people or uh, developing a faith, discerning your a vocation, for instance, or uh, developing your faith in action in Australia? Because I'm sure people here believe you could do something. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> You're making me blush a little. That could just be the sunburn. <laughs> yeah, I think it could be beneficial, definitely. One thing I recently did with at my old school, they have immersions to the Philippines, and this is separate to the one we went on to Thailand, and I was asked to lead the immersion there. And I found my experience from going in Thailand helped me a lot over there because some of the stuff that is going overseas to these communities you're very worried about. First time you go, you're not as worried about having spent the year. And also then just being able to make a greater connection between what you see and your faith, I find has been very beneficial for my experience. Yeah, that's, over that's there. very interesting, the connection between your faith and... So did you find that it deepened your faith um, for all... Anyone can answer that one first. For me, definitely. I've only, again, only been there for two two months. But um, we're blessed enough to live right next to a church, a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. So um, having Mass every day, um, every evening, um, and becoming closer to, to the Eucharist and, and the process of, of Mass is a very beautiful thing. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely increased my, my faith life through that, for sure. Oh, okay. Now, what about you, Tom? Yeah, well, I've got to say, being in such a, I guess, um, very faith-filled environment up there, it's interesting to see the difference there and here. And it does definitely evolve what your faith is and how you see your relationship with God. Um, so you've asked a very deep question here. <laughs> Caught me off guard. You can you can give us a deep answer. Um, <laughs> I'm not a very deep thinker, but <laughs> but no, you um, definitely see the well. What I guess I learned, I saw faith in community a lot more. I saw faith in action a lot more over there as well. And those are both values, which I guess tying back to the uh, the Katinian youth organization that we were talking about earlier i think that's something that is so important and for the lives of young people i think an organization like that would be really really helpful to evolve those two key areas of community and action um, yeah, well that's a question for you graham do continuans have a plan to to reach out to some yes. of these countries where the younger young the young bursary people have been going to I think they'd be beyond our scope at the moment. Although we have reached out to India and they're, they're booming in India because mm-hmm. they've got uh, quite a strong po- Catholic population in India and they're built growing circles quite quickly. So it's just a matter of resources. Mm-hmm. Yes, a matter of resources. So is it true that these next two years you're doing a lot of work to look at just at the renewal of continuance? We have been is doing a renewal process yeah. for the is last two years. Is this something you should look at? We should. We've been uh, encouraged to take risk by Pope Francis and... Uh, Part of the risk is within our own country, what sort of membership we have and how should we handle that and to grow in our own country. But also looking overseas, we've already uh, formed training associations with the uh, Indian continuance, mm-hmm. uh, the circles and the like, and uh, we have competitions with them. So we're growing those sort of bonds. But, yes. 
Yes. So last time I uh, it was an interview with you, we talked about the idea of mentorship. So today we've got this idea of working out towards reaching out to young people overseas. So that's uh, the two great points that have come out of this interview. It is, but we're not necessarily charity in, this, in that sense as Catenians. We, we help others to do that work and our individual Catenians do that sort of work. But we are more a facilitator when, rather than a charitable organisation in that so sense. So you provide leadership. Yes, leadership and encouragement. And modelling of, exactly. of the way about going about yes. Well, that's excellent. Mm. Well, i got to say, before we finish, um, I'm going to ask each of you to comment on your experience and whether you saw this being a worthwhile thing for your future and for the future of other young people. Oh, undoubtedly, yes. It's been an incredible experience that I've had and I'm so grateful that... Um, the well, the Continuing Bursary Fund was able to help um, help me on this experience, but the skills you learn over there are just undoubtedly so important in your life, and the experiences that you have evolve your decision making processes unbelievably. So yes, yes, I'd, if I had the chance to go back and do it all again, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Excellent. Jamie? Yes. Well, luckily, I'm, I'm actually going back in a few days' time, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but so far, after two months, it's been uh, already a, such a rewarding experience. Um, and again, would not, as Tom said, wouldn't be possible without the, the bursary fund. Um, and I'd just like to say, with the bursary fund, it really takes the worry off, off the, the whole trip. Um, and it doesn't, it's not something about money or being in debt. It becomes something about the people. And that money actually goes into the experiences and the, the people. Um, that you're that you're with or you're teaching. So um, yeah, no, I, I can't wait to go back and um help help more if I, I can. Yeah, fantastic. What do you about yourself, Xavier? Uh, again, I'm going to agree with the others and say it's a strong yes from me. <laughs> Feel like I'm on a game show now. <laughs> no deal. <laughs> no. Um, as my sister who's over there now, who I strongly recommended the experience to, yeah. just because. I found it to be one of the best year or the best year of my life just due to the connections, the friends, the family you all make over there. It's such a strong bond that you just love that community feel you get over there and you want to replicate that where possible. So just that whole experience is makes it entirely worthwhile in my opinion. Well, that's excellent. Now, listen, those of you who are listening to this, Mask suggests that you get this link to this uh, interview and send this to your friends because I'm sure the Catinians wouldn't mind getting a whole bunch of new projects and new people, would that be right, Graham? Right. Who, could, who could actually apply for money to go and do things. A wor good, worthwhile project, I'm sure St. James would agree in his epistle, is a good thing for everyone's faith. It's an international bursary fund and it applies to anyone in need in the world. So this, this broadcast is going right around the world. So there's a big competition. So come up with a good idea. <laughs> yes, and if anyone would like to learn more about the Catenian Bursary Fund or to donate to it or apply for it, go to catenianbursary.com. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.